You are now tuned in to the Decoding Success Podcast, where we reveal game-changing habits, formulas, and routines from the world's most successful individuals to help you think and live larger. What is going on? You are rocking with your host, Matt Labrie, on the Decoding Success Podcast. Now, today, we have the honor and privilege of decoding the success of one of the world's top game changers. This gentleman today, man, he is absolutely crushing it, and that is to say the least. So, as always, I hope you're ready for a shit ton of value right here, right now. Super excited to bring to all of you tuned in our friend, Swish Goswami. Now, Swish is a 22-year-old serial entrepreneur, three-time TEDx speaker, LinkedIn youth editor, and UN youth ambassador. Put that into perspective, people. Swish is now the founder and CEO of TrueFan, a tech-driven media company building technology to help influencers, brands, and agencies discover and reward their top fans. Swish has previously acted as a consultant for Fortune 500 companies just like Google, Western Union, and American Express, to name a few. He also sits on various boards, including Dunk, which is a media network of 10 million followers hyper-focused on basketball. If you've ever been on Instagram and you have some interest in basketball, I guarantee you've seen them. And he is on the board of League of Innovators, which is a Canadian charity started by Ryan Holmes, the CEO of Hootsuite. Swish has been published in over 100 national and international publications and has notably been inducted into Plan Canada's Top 20 Under 20, recognized as Startup Canada's Young Entrepreneur of the Year, and won the United Nations Outstanding Youth Leadership Award. If this does not have you pumped up, I don't know what will pump you up. On top of all of this amazingness coming out of Camp Swish, he is by far the fastest responder to questions in the history of interviews. Super admirable how quickly Swish can think and act. I really, really do admire that, which you'll see in just a bit. Also, I want to give a huge shout out to the gentleman that connected Swish and I a few months ago. His name is Joe Roos. Joe, shout out to you and all that you have going on with Inkbox, Wink and Nod, and so on and so forth. Absolutely crushing it. Shout out to you, man. I really appreciate you. And before diving into today's episode with Swish, we want to give a huge shout out to our partner over at Gen M. They're helping businesses just like mine effectively scale without breaking the bank. If you're a business owner seeking skilled marketing help, this is for marketing help only. Gen M has an amazingly talented database of remote marketing interns looking to work with your business and help you and your business meet its goals. You can refine your search based on country, language, skills, needs, and so much more. To check them out, head over to the link in the show notes of this episode. Now, for the moment you've been waiting for, here's my guy, Swish. Swish, first and foremost, I need to thank you and express my gratitude for you dedicating time to decoding success to add value to this show. So thank you, my man. I appreciate it. Appreciate you having me on. 100%. First question straight off the bat. This is always how we kick off the show. Now, Swish, I need to know personally, how do you define success? Success, I think, comes down to two things. One is definitely on the personal end. Um, Are you able to stay loyal to your friends and family? Are you able to take care of your own personal health? On the professional end, it's are you able to do something that you truly love with the people that you love whenever you want? That's what I define success as. I love it. Now, I guess the second question is going to be even more loaded because I always ask, how do you find yourself staying on track to achieve that definition of success? There's two things. I think one is staying accountable to yourself. 
Um, so I definitely try as much as possible at the end of every week to reflect on how the week went. Um, I'm the first person really to call myself out if I feel like I'm slacking or if I feel like I'm not getting work done. Um, the second thing, though, is also tempering your expectations for what success looks like. Not every single day will lead to a really massive or big win. Um, I've become very content as an entrepreneur in terms of moving the needle a little bit and feeling very satisfied with that and celebrating the small wins. I respect that, man. I appreciate you sharing that. Now, I'm curious, when it comes to that accountability aspect, right, there's really two ends of the pendulum. One is someone is like super, super accountable and, you know, they're, they're kind of hard on themselves. And then on the other end of it, you know, there, there's the kind of lax, you know, where an individual isn't so accountable. So how do you find yourself being balanced when it comes to holding yourself accountable? Yeah. I think specifically when it comes to, to holding myself accountable, I do it in two ways. One is by texting myself a lot and setting like calendar invites to remind myself to get things done. But the second thing too, just having a really awesome team around me, right? And by team around me, I don't just mean the, the startup and the people that we have involved in that, but I also just mean my family. Like my mom is always on my ass if she knows that I'm not working to my full potential. And she will be very honest with me if she feels like I'm slacking on personal health or on the professional side. That's really good also to be able to have. I love that, man. That's awesome. Yeah, listen, we hear it all the time here on this show how important a team is, you know, the, that supporting cast around you. So it's great that you're reinforcing, you know, what, what we're constantly hearing. I appreciate that. Now, Swish, I want to get into your journey, right? You know, I, I read something and I resonate with it on a very high level. I believe around the age of seven years old, you became an entrepreneur. So can you walk us through what that business was and what sparked you to act on it at such a young age? Sure. I didn't, I didn't really know what I was doing with entrepreneurship when I was seven. Um, I built a hovercraft with my father because he wanted to teach me a lot more about tinkering and engineering and building things from scratch. So we built a hovercraft in about six months from scratch using styrofoam and a Havokelly's like rotor and motor that we disassembled. Um, I vividly remember I went into school. I showed the hovercraft off when my classmates wants to, wants to buy it, sold it for $200 and was able to buy a Nintendo DS using that money. So that was like my first stint with entrepreneurship, you know, and like the greatest thing that I think I've ever bought was that Nintendo DS because I felt so independent when I did it. Like I wasn't relying on my parents, you know, or in anybody else in order to be able to get that, which I really wanted it. So it was great. But yeah, man, throughout, throughout high school, I, I did some stuff with a nonprofit and university I came and I really wanted to become a lawyer, um, got ushered down the path of venture capital and then eventually back into starting another business. But I've just always been a very curious kid growing up. And I think that's the best part about me is I'm always curious. I'm always dreaming. I'm always thinking about new ideas. And that's the sort of energy that I want to have even when I'm 50 or 60. For sure. You know, honestly, man, I give you a lot of credit. And jokingly, I say this, but it's very much so true at a very young age. I too started a business, but you know, mine was not so ethical as yours was. In fact, I was selling my parents' groceries on my local <laughs> here for about a week until, you know, they realized then, you know, an Italian mother uh, left the nice mark of a, a wooden spoon across my backside. <laughs> I give you a lot of credit, man. And, you know, my question to that is looking back, right, you know, you kind of don't realize what you're doing in the moment. You don't have the mindset that you do today. So when you look back, what do you feel like you learned from your early entrepreneurial ventures? And I know you just mentioned um, being mm -hmm. curious. Is there anything more to it? 
yeah, I think there's twofold. I think one is um, when I was younger and when I was building out a nonprofit in high school, I really felt like I was the sole driver for the company. Um, right now, we have a team of 11 at TrueFan, and I kid you not, the biggest thing, it comes down to trust here. So it's not only like trusting that I'm going to provide value to the company, but it's trusting that other people can do the same and that every single person here in our team had the role to fulfill and if they fulfill their roles to the highest level possible, we'll do great. The second thing I think I learned was about raising money. Um, when I built my nonprofit in high school, I didn't raise money. When I was building a tech startup for TrueFan, I didn't raise money. But with TrueFan, we raised now over a million dollars. And just learning that has been a huge, steep learning curve. But it's also been a really cool at like lens into how you grow a company in a very fast amount of time because i always wondered that when i was in high school i'm like i'm building this nonprofit out but man i'm gonna have to spend like the next 10 15 years in order to get it up to a really big level but a lot of times raising money obviously it had some of its drawbacks but for the most part if you raise money the right way it's a very very easy catalyst to growing your startup quickly for sure. No, I appreciate you sharing that. Now, you mentioned TrueFan. Run everyone through what you have going on there at TrueFan. Yeah. So about a year and a half ago now, I built out an algorithm with my friend Onik, who's my co-founder. We built out an algorithm to be able to find the influential and engaged followers for any Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube account in the world. Where we've gone from there is something really cool, where we started looking at social intelligence, the idea of not only showing you your top fans, but being able to show you any audience that is primed for conversion. That could be an audience that is made up of your competitors' top fans, an audience that is made up of an influencer's top fans that you want to work with, or it could be just any audience that's based around hashtags and keywords or locations that you care about. So it's been really cool to not only service a lot of small brands, but also a lot of high-end brands that are able to see not only their top followers, but see new audiences that they can reach out to. Dude, you're crushing it. Absolutely crushing it. And what's really amazing is that this isn't all that you have going on, right? You spoke at multiple TEDx events. You dabble as a VC, a UN youth ambassador. And I'm sure there's even more that I'm not even naming right now. And to make it even more amazing on top of all of that, you know, how old are you, Swish? I think you're a few years younger than me. I'm 26. How old are you? I'm 22. Absolutely crushing it. What did it take to make all of this happen at your age? It's a great question. I think the biggest thing is it just to guts, you know, the the stuff that I've done so far, in my opinion, is a stepping stone to something a lot bigger that I have envisioned for myself. But at the same time, just to get the, the motor going and to get that engine roaring, I needed to take a leap of faith. And that leap of faith for me came about two years ago when I dropped out of school. And I don't encourage people dropping out of school. I actually personally enjoyed my two years of college. I would have continued had I not had TrueFan as an idea. But once I thought of TrueFan, I knew that I had to invest all of my time in it and I really had to take the plunge. So that sort of gut in order to be able to not only listen to it, but also have the guts to be able to follow through, I think is really, really important. Oh, 100%, man. Listen, I think that's where a lot of people, a lot of people stop, right? You know, they have the idea and then they just never act on it because of, you know, the uncertainties that are that are there. So, you know, you embody someone that's embraced all of that. And honestly, I respect it. It's something I admire. And now another thing that I admire is how you took your passion for basketball, right? You're, you're passionate about basketball, one of probably the many things you're passionate about and flipped it into a business. You're, you're in proximity to the Kyle Kuzmas, right? And the PJ Tuckers and so on. Mm-hmm. 
what's your advice to individuals that want to pursue their passion, but don't know how or where to start? Three things. I think one is don't feel any sense of urgency when it comes to finding that passion. Um, I think passions develop over time. I personally don't have one singular passion. I have multiple passions. And I know that those passions will continue to evolve as I grow up and I turn 30 and 40 and 50. So don't have this like weird thing that, oh my God, I got to figure it out tomorrow or a day after because the rest of the world apparently has. I promise you, you're not alone if you haven't figured it out yet. The second thing is once you do find your passion, latch onto it and become obsessed with it. So whether that's business, whether it's dance, whether it's getting into politics, learning about world affairs, whatever it is, figure it out and then really, really try to go as deep as you can, which means networking with the people that are within that passion, trying as much as possible to hone your craft and work on it every single day. And always, always, always seeing the long-term vision for what you're building right now. Because I think it's very easy to see the short-term benefits that can come, but it takes, I think, a level of maturity to be able to see the long-term vision for what you're truly building. The third and final thing when it comes to finding your passion is try different things. Um, one thing that I did is I took a bunch of risks growing up. I did debate, I danced, I was part of Model United Nations. I went through university playing a lot of dodgeball, playing a lot of recreational sports. I played basketball and cricket growing up. Like this is the type of stuff that I did, not just to like, you know, put myself into uncomfortable situations, but to figure out what I like and don't like. And that's one way I think that you can use in order to narrow down on, hey, maybe this is my passion based on all of the experiences that I've been able to accrue. Now, you know, you mentioned uncomfortable situations and typically when an individual steps out of their comfort zone, obviously, or, you know, when you're just trying something new or literally just going for it, right? How we mentioned earlier, how you, you know, you face the uncertainties and you still went with it. How did you find yourself dealing with that uncomfortableness if you did experience it? Yeah, it, it sucked. Like early on, when whenever you put yourself in an uncomfortable position, you feel weird. You know, I when I got into debate, I did competitive debate for about seven years. Um, when I joined debate, I was in grade seven. I had a speech impediment that was incredibly bad. Like it's still, you know, I have a list still a little bit, but back in grade seven, I couldn't say R's properly. I couldn't say S's properly. Like it was terrible. And when I got into debate, I knew that a lot of people would be judging me based on my voice, based on how I was pronouncing certain words and based on how I was enunciating them. And that was weird when I was using my voice so much in an activity that relied entirely on your delivery and presentation. But over time, I started to realize that when you put yourself in an uncomfortable position, the real, like the only two options really is to quit or to just keep going and evolve and become a better person. So at the end of the day, even if you're moving, it doesn't matter if you're moving backwards or forwards, as long as you keep moving, you will naturally evolve as a person. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And you know, that was kind of a selfish question, Swish. You know, I'm in a, a bit of a gray area, so it's very, you know, promising to hear advice like that. And, you know, I think that a lot of people that tune into the show can definitely resonate with what I'm about to say. I feel like being in an uncomfortable situation, as you mentioned, you you know, you, you kind of have two options. It's either you quit or you go for it. But at the same time, you just mentioned the the movement, right? And the back and forth movement. And I experienced that constantly, right? There's days where things are just fucking clicking. Like things are really just like, wow, like this is exactly why I took those risks. And then there's days where it's just like, dude, what the hell am I doing? You know? Mm-hmm. So my, mm-hmm. my, my question to that is, how do you find yourself on the end of the pendulum that you want to be on? Is it, is it just as simple as keep 
getting after it and keep trying? Or is there something more, do you think? Yeah, I love that. Um, I think A is try again to temper your expectations, right? Like a bad day for somebody else might be a really good day for me. Just because, again, on my end, I'm very content with moving the needle slightly on certain issues and feeling great about the day. The second thing I think is try as much as possible um, when you are in a rut to just stay constantly in motion. Like I really feel like the only way to get out of a rut or the only way to get out of a problem in any way is by moving, is by literally picking up the phone and calling is by calling your mentors and asking for advice or asking a question or asking for help and like figuring out a way to just keep moving. So that's like the two big pieces of advice. I mean, if you want more good days than bad days, like obviously there are a lot of other answers, like just work harder or, you know, try to like work with your team, try to like work with your mentors, try to get great advice. But at the end of the day, like some people find themselves in a rut just because of the expectations they lay out for themselves, which are way too high. Yeah, no, I think expectation is huge. And another thing that I would like to add is perspective, right? Um, you know, there, there's definitely times where um, we, we try and change the events that are taking place in our life. Yet, if you just change your perspective on them, the outcome will drastically differ. So I appreciate you sharing that swish. Now I, I do want to respect your time. And you know, one thing that you mentioned was the stepping stones, right? And, and what's to come the everything that you've done is leading up to, you know, all the work that you've put in, it's all leading up to something even more beautiful and more elaborate than what you've already accomplished, which is absolutely amazing. So my question to you randomly is what superpower do you feel would be most beneficial to your success going forward? The ability to read minds. Um, I would love to be able to sit into a boardroom or into a pitch meeting and just genuinely know like, all right, that person's nodding along and they're saying I'm doing a good job, but do they really mean it? What do they actually think about my company or my product or my pitch? I love that. I love that. Listen, you had that answer really quick too. So <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I think about it a lot, man. I think about it a lot. <laughs> I respect it. Now, let me ask you this. What was a piece of advice that you received that you didn't want to hear at the time it was given to you, but over time it proved to be true? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think when I was 18, uh, there's a guy named Michael Hyde, who's one of my closest mentors. He sold his company, Blue Cat Networks, for about $400 million. He's an investor in Toronto, but a really humble, grounded guy. Um, I remember the first time I met him, I took a walk and he told me, like, look, you're 18 years old, you're bound to make mistakes. And your best, like the best way that you're going to succeed is not by just learning from those mistakes, but constantly making more of them. And I was just like, wait, what? That's so counterintuitive. Like this guy's literally telling me to screw up. But in retrospect now, like given the amount of mistakes that I've made in life, let alone in building TrueFan out, I actually really agree with that. Like I think a lot of people are like, oh, learn from your mistake. But the the implicit idea behind learning from your mistakes is not making them again. And obviously, I don't think you should make the same mistakes again, but I think you should constantly try to make mistakes. Because if you, again, if, you, if, you're, if you're gunning for making mistakes, especially different mistakes, I actually genuinely think it shows that you're moving, that, it, that you're constantly going into uncharted territories, you're putting yourself in an uncomfortable situation that will again make you evolve, it'll make your business evolve. It is bound to help you, but it's at the same time also sometimes going to lead to mistakes, which is natural. Yeah, I love that, man. I, I definitely appreciate you sharing that, you know, definitely no ego involved in that answer. So um, definitely something appreciated. Now, last question for you, Swish. If 
you know, you're, you just told me you're going to the airport, you're about to catch a flight. If someone came up to you seeking a piece of advice in that process, right? You're kind of on the move, you're on the run, you're, you're crunched for time. You know, someone came up to you seeking a piece of advice to achieve their definition of success. What would you tell them? Start a podcast or a written series on LinkedIn, interview people, because that's the greatest way that you're going to grow your network. Most people take time away from other people when they say, let's go for coffee. What you should do is provide value back. And the one way you can provide value, no matter who you are, whether you have 20 followers or 5,000, is by writing about someone, sharing their story and giving them that spotlight. I love that, man. Listen, you have these answers straight on the fly. How many of these podcasts are you doing, man? (laughs) I've done a couple, bro, but I honestly, at the same time, like in debate, like you learn to really think on your feet and speak quickly. So it's honestly, I credit most of my like success when it comes to being able to just think of rapid answers to debate. (laughs) I love it, man. I love it. Listen, you're crushing it. Swish, where can uh, people keep up with you on social, any projects you have going on, anything of that nature? Totally. Um, on social media, Instagram is probably the, the most accessible. So at GoSwish, G-O-S-W-I-S-H. And then on LinkedIn, Swish Goswami, S-W-I-S-H, G-O-S-W-A-M-I. Um, feel free to reach out, say, hey, like I listened to this podcast and really want to just reach out and say hi and I'll get back to you. I love it, man. I love it. Listen, Swish, I appreciate you hopping on here. I'm grateful for the opportunity, man. You, you absolutely crushed it. Appreciate it, bro. Listen, my guy Swish just bodied that. There is a ton of value within this episode, but first and foremost, I have to ask you to make sure you're connecting with him on social. He just dropped his handle. I follow him on Instagram. I have him on LinkedIn. Absolutely amazing content, super insightful. Keep up with him. This guy is literally traveling left and right on top of it all. He's literally a game changer, super inspiring, watching him work, and that's exactly what he wants to do. He wants to be able to inspire, and that's honestly what he is doing so swish shout out to you for hopping on here providing us all with some actionable advice that's that's what i want to point out right away that advice was super super actionable and as always i'm gonna dive into a few of the key points that resonated with me on a super high level and on top of that i would love to know what resonated with you on a super high level so make sure not only are you connecting with swish but hit me up let me know what you felt was the things that resonated with you the most now As I was just saying, super actionable advice. Swish literally gave you a step-by-step-by-step-by-step-by-step way to overcome this or do this or do that. Honestly, absolutely remarkable advice. Super insightful. Appreciate his experiences and all things of that nature. So now I want to get into those things that resonated with me on the super high level. The first one being holding yourself accountable, right? When Swish was defining success and elaborating on how he's able to continuously achieve his definition of success as it evolves and grows and as he grows right one of the things he mentioned was accountability now I want to point something out accountability is not being your biggest critic right and that's something I'm guilty of I'm my biggest critic I'll speak on a stage and I'll tell myself holy shit that sucked and then all 65 people will come up to me or all 165 people whatever the case is they'll all come up to me and say yo that was great that was great that was great and I almost need the reassurance and that's not how you should live the confidence should come from within just like the episode we released with Kate Ekman if you haven't listened to that episode it's all about confidence and it comes from within I highly suggest you checking that out something that I'm working on I know you can probably resonate with that on some level right 
right? It's just how high performers operate to an extent and you need to have that mindset shift, right? So some of the actionable advice that Swish gave was number one, having a team, right? And having a team is a lot bigger than business. Swish actually credited his mom, saying that his mom knows when he's not working to his highest potential or his full potential. That is so crucial when you are pursuing your dreams, when you're getting after your goals, you need to have the support system around you to number one, pick you up when you fall down. Number two, let you know like, hey, you can be doing more or you could be working harder or something of that nature, right? Or when shit does hit the fan and you need someone to talk to, they're there. Listen, the list goes on. Having that team is so, so crucial and it helps you stay accountable. Now, the next thing I want to mention, this is an episode we literally just put out. So hearing it from Swish, you know, it was ringing bells as he was saying it. One of the things he talked about was what he learned from entrepreneurship and that was being creative and taking action on it. And, you know, Basically, at seven years old, when you create a hoverboard with your father, like that's absolutely incredible. And I think about what I did when I was a kid selling my parents' groceries. And, you know, it really comes down to never losing your inner child, right? Think about when you were a child. And we just put an episode out on this. So if you don't want to hear me rant on this right here, right now, skip forward. I don't even care. But just make sure you check out that episode because it's literally super aligned. And it comes down to never losing the way you act as a child, right? Right? You're not scared. You don't have fear. You know, or maybe you're scared of like a few things, but at the end of the day, like you'll literally do a wrestling move off the fucking couch and land and like get up and you might be a little bruised or a little banged up, but you'll go do it again and you really won't care. You know, like, so it's so incredible how creative and how fearless and how genuine and authentic children really are. Like they don't give a fuck. Like they literally don't give a fuck what they look like. They have no egos. Like none of that is developed with inside of them because at the end of the day, they just don't know yet. And we lose our inner child over time because of all those worldly factors that come into play so when swish was mentioning you know basically what he was talking about from what he learned from his early entrepreneurial ventures you know that was like a bell ringing in my head saying like holy shit you can't lose your inner child so honestly man connect with swish absolutely phenomenal phenomenal advice in this conversation right here so swish shout out to you make sure you're connecting with him on social let me know what points resonated with you on a super high level i would love to have a discussion around that and as always if you shout out the show we'll make sure we shout you out too so shout out to everyone tuned in right now super grateful for all of you if you have not dropped a rating and review yet that would mean the absolute world to us as we on are on our pursuit to hit 200 specifically if you're tuned in from itunes or apple or any of that nature you know we're trying to get to that 200 mark you have the ability you have the choice you have the power to help someone achieve their goal help us achieve our goal as a community so shout out to you for that it would mean the absolute world to us now until next time everyone be blessed peace